0: Hello everyone, and welcome to The Pep Talk, Ropes & Gray's private equity podcast. I'm Deb Lucier,
1: And I'm Peter Levon. Deb and I are partners at Ropes and & Gray, and we are the co-leaders of fund formation for private equity buyout and growth funds in Ropes & Gray's asset management group.
0: On today's episode of The Pep Talk, we're going to discuss general solicitation during fundraising and specifically Rule 506c under Regulation D of the Securities Act. The Jobs Act of 2012 required the Securities and Exchange Commission to adopt a rule to permit general solicitation in private offerings, and the Commission adopted Rule 506c in July 2013. The rule provides private equity fund sponsors with the ability to offer securities by means of general solicitation or general advertising.
1: Deb and I are excited to be joined today by Keith Higgins. Keith is a member of Ropes & Gray's corporate department, and he's the chair of the firm's Securities and Governance Practice. Keith served as the Director of Corporation Finance at the SEC from June of 2013 until January 2017. He rejoined Ropes and Gray in June of 2017. Keith's role with the SEC, which included overseeing the adoption and implementation of Rule 506C, as well as his more than 35 years of practice as a securities lawyer, makes Keith uniquely qualified to help us understand the benefits and challenges of Rule 506C. We're very happy to have him, not just for today's pep talk, but as chair of the firm's securities and governance practice. Keith, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Peter and Deb. Glad to be here.
0: Keith, when Rule 506c was proposed by the SEC, there was some buzz, among lawyers at least, about the new rule. In fact, the industry trade press was writing stories asking whether a new day was dawning on how private equity sponsors... We're going to go about offering securities. As it turned out, there was no seismic shift in practice and relatively few private equity fund sponsors took advantage of the new rule. Why do you think that was the case?
2: Deb, I think there were several reasons. First, no sponsors were really clamoring for a rule offensively to be able to use general solicitation. I think at best, most of them wanted some protection from the inevitable publicity footfalls that I know we'll talk about in a bit, rather than some new means of reaching investors. As such, it was really the question of, is there any downside to using the new rule? The rule created a requirement that uh, the issuer take reasonable steps to verify the accredited investor status of the purchasers that was new and unfamiliar, and some people didn't quite know what that meant. The rule was also controversial in some quarters and in an attempt to address some investor protection concerns, the Commission proposed a companion rule that would have imposed added requirements on generally solicited offerings and even provided for the possible loss of the exemption altogether. This companion rule created some uncertainty and doubt, and as a result, I think there was not
1: big take-up in the initial stages. Keith, perhaps the best way to understand what is required under Rule 506c might be to compare it to the most commonly used exemption from registration under Regulation D, and that's Rule 506b. Can you explain the differences and similarities? Sure, Peter. In Rule 506c,
2: you can offer to whomever you wish, so long as all sales are to accredited investors only. In Rule 506b, You can sell to unlimited accredited investors and up to 35 non-accredited, sophisticated investors, but you may not offer to anyone by means of a general solicitation. If you do, you've lost the entire exemption, and it doesn't work just to boot out the people who you generally solicited, you've lost the exemption. For Rule 506B, in addition, an accredited investor is someone who either is objectively an accredited investor or who the issuer reasonably believes to be an accredited investor. So, under 506B, even if you don't do any diligence, if it turns out the investor is accredited, you're good to go. 506C is different. 506C says definition is still the same, but you must take reasonable steps to verify the accredited investor status. So, if you don't take those steps, you don't have the exemption, even if it turns out that the person to whom you sold is an accredited investor.
0: What does it mean to take reasonable steps to verify the accredited investor status of a purchaser?
2: Good question, uh, Deb. The the rule's been described as principles-based, meaning the commission didn't specifically define what reasonable steps to verify accredited investor status would be. Instead, they said it would depend on the facts and circumstances of each case. But commenters who commented on the rule said, gee, we could really use a safe harbor. We need to have something that we can point to. So in the be careful what you wish for type of category, the commission gave a safe harbor that provided specific examples of things that you had to do for individuals or things that, you would, that would make you in the safe harbor for individuals. Uh, for institutions, there, there, there isn't any safe harbor. Institutions have to have at least $5 million of total assets. So it's gonna depend on the faction circumstances, how you verify that the investor has that. For individuals, the safe harbor is, for the $200,000 of income, you have to provide tax returns or tax forms, W-2s, et cetera, that show you had that for the last two years and a certification that you reasonably expected in the future. For the net worth, $1 million net worth requirement, you have to provide a list of assets that get you there, as well as a credit report from a nationally recognized credit agency showing the liability side of the balance sheet in order to establish that. That was one of the controversial uh, things people said, at least as to individuals, gee, that's going to be awfully hard. People don't want to give up their tax returns, or, you know, it's just going to be difficult. For institutions, it shouldn't be as difficult. You've just got to get the five million in total assets bogey. And what are reasonable steps to verify that? You know, I would submit that if CalPERS is one of your investors, you don't need to get them to turn over a list of their assets or something like that. You can read publications that that give you a high degree of comfort that you're gonna meet that. And then of course they're gonna make the representations. I think the point about reasonable steps to verify is you can't rely on what we call a naked self certification someone just coming in who you have no relationship with whom you don't know and that institution certifies yes i'm an accredited investor and with nothing else that's a problem but that's something else Again, the commission said, it's a facts and circumstances situation. That's something else will be very different when you're dealing with a CalPERS versus um, someone else. But simple things like a letter from a custodian saying, this investor has at least $5 million of assets under my custody. Perfect,
1: That, that, that would work fine in every instance. I'm sure that every fund formation lawyer out there has had instances where a client calls them up with a particular general solicitation question. I certainly know that I've had that happen multiple times. We've
2: talked about it before. Exactly. Many times.
1: (laughs) For example, one uh, called me up very recently and said, hey, we've just been approached by a reporter and we'd like to respond to him or her and share the details about our fund. Can we do that? and I then have to be the bad guy and say, no, you can't because you're relying on 506B. So Keith, do you have any advice for sponsors that find themselves in that position and who wants to talk to the press? Sure. You want to talk to the press about
2: that specific offering and about that fund. You can flip the offering to a 506C. In fact, unless you've made your first sale, you haven't filed your form D anyway, so you haven't had to check the box as to whether you're doing it under B or C. You just decide you're going to move forward on 506c and the commission staff did provide guidance that that said it's okay to flip from a b to a c that that's good to go the other piece of advice on that if you want to talk to reporters is you have to engage in that fencing on electronic tightrope where you talking about the general strategies of the fund complex etc without trying to focus in on a specific offering that you're doing. That's what we've been doing all along and it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. So the surefire way to do it is to decide you're gonna do 506C and particularly if you're selling to institutions, I think the verification shouldn't be a big problem.
0: Keith, is there any waiting period if one wants to flip from a 506B to a 506C?
2: There is not, no. You can just uh, it, you know do it and 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 remember, once you've moved to 506C, though, you can't sell to those unaccredited investors that 506B allows you to, but that's not what the situation is going to be with funds uh, anyway.
0: Any last thoughts before we let you go?
2: Well, as I hope I've tried to make clear during the course of our discussion, I don't think 506C needs to be as hard as people think it might be, and particularly where the offering is limited to institutional accredited investors. Uh, We at Ropes have helped many sponsors navigate through this, and it really ought to be a tool that each sponsor at least considers in the fundraising.
1: Thanks so much for joining us, Keith. Yes. Thanks, Keith. And thanks to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed the first episode of the pep talk and that you will join us again for future podcasts on the latest developments in the private equity space. For more information on the topics that we discussed today and other topics of interest to the private equity community, please visit our website at www.ropesgray.com. And of course, if we can help you navigate a 506c fundraising, please don't hesitate to get in touch.